For this edition of Respectfully, we are focusing on October as the month when we want to raise awareness of the issues around breast cancer in particular. We're working with GHD Professional who have launched their Take Control Now campaign. They have made a fantastic film working with 11 women who are battling with or have suffered from breast cancer, either now or in the past. They all received a breast cancer diagnosis before the age of 35 and have been open about sharing their personal stories in a bid to highlight how women of all ages must be aware of the importance of self-checking. Developed in partnership with the charity Breast Cancer Now, who focus on raising funds for and conducting research into breast cancer, the GHD campaign and limited edition of the Take Control Now collection of hairstylers prompts all of us, all women everywhere, to donate some mirror time to your boobs every single month. Welcome to the Respectfully Podcast. I'm Lauren Stone. And I'm Nikki Pope. And today uh, we have obviously our GHD guests talking about the new breast cancer campaign, Take Control Now. Um, so I'm delighted to get on air Zoe Irwin. I've wanted to talk to her, do a podcast with her even for ages. And joining her is a lady called Laura Middleton-Hughes, who is also a hairdresser, um, but she was one of the 11 GHD muses that um, part in the breast cancer campaign um, for GHD. She was 25, I think, when she got diagnosed with cancer. Um, so it'd be great to hear about her journey so we can hear things from both sides of the chair. That's right. I think our interest on this podcast is to be very um, focused on how hairdressers specifically can yeah. do really good things not only during October actually but all the time at work so we're going to ask the girls for advice on how hairdressers specifically can share the message how they can engage with their clients but also remembering that the vast majority of hairdressers are themselves women and young women too so I think it's really important that everybody pays lots of attention. Welcome to the Respectfully Podcast. Welcome, Hi. guys. Hi, Zoe. Hello. Hi, Laura. Hello. Nice to be here. Thank you for joining us on air. It's nice to see you both. I did actually um, intend to groom my hair this morning before being observed by the great <laughs> Zoe Owen, unfortunately. <laughs> I was, oh, I was thinking that on the way to work. Oh dear! I was at the gym earlier. I'm just like, quick, quick, yeah. get my hair sorted. Maybe, well, maybe a, we should all turn our cameras off. Yeah. No, no. Well, no, you all I think, look very well, pretty. Thank you. Well, you've well, you've seen us all enough times um, smartened up, so you can carry that image with you. But we're here particularly to talk about something very important. So October is Pink Month for GHD, and many important names and initiatives and projects really focus on October as a month to bring breast cancer awareness to more people and to talk about where we're up to, which yeah. is why we particularly have Zoe and Laura with us this morning. Yeah, for um, I've been fortunate to be involved in the Pink campaigns um, every year and every year we do something a little bit different, which I think almost gives like this lovely 360 approach like we've done so many different things from kind of almost like uh makeover kind of videos to 
um, working with different people and and this year really feels like the most special I think this year I was gonna felt, say that it feels very poignant yeah, this year this year's just um, I mean it's always an incredibly emotional campaign to be involved with and um, and this year felt you know this amazing mix of of happiness and joy um it was the first year that uh, women came from all over the world and we were together um making a film and and it was it was pretty kind of special but i think most of the things we've done have been special in in different ways over the years it's a huge campaign for ghd because of the awareness that um we want to kind of raise really so it's called the take control now campaign isn't it um and i think well from my perspective i think the thing that's very special about it is that it's very focused on women under 35 so do you think that that's why it's kind of so i don't know like you were saying about joyful and young girls getting together and you know it's about celebrating women but also raising awareness at the same time yeah, I mean, looking into some things like 90% of like 18 to 35 year old women only check their breasts a couple of times a year. Yeah. And that is, you, you know, when we when we get involved in these campaigns, it's very much looking at statistics as well on, you know, what's really important and what isn't happening. And and so for for this campaign, um, the reason that so the actually the products have take control now embossed in them is I mean it's very subtle but you can feel it it's very pretty but it's the idea behind the campaign is that when you are styling your hair and drying your hair you you very much see those words and uh, it's a reminder so the big drive this year um, was to encourage women especially younger women 18 to 35 is to start checking their breasts and yeah. so that was a big part of it. So, Laura, this is where you come into the story for hairdressers and hairdressing. Tell us a little bit about your journey with cancer and how you've you've come to work with Zoe and GHD and Breast Cancer now. Um, so, going way back, um, I was actually, I am a trained hairdresser. I was uh, working um, for quite a few years with a company and then I went self-employed. So, I have a hairdressing background and I absolutely loved it as a job, um, but in... 2014 my life sort of changed quite dramatically I found a lump in my left breast while I was on holiday uh, for a few weeks and I came home and I wasn't really worried because I was only 25 so I just assumed it was a cyst or a hormonal lump um, but it turned out to be an aggressive form of breast cancer it was already a grade three which is quite a high high stage and um, it was already kind of growing really fast um, so I had all the treatment for that um, mastectomy radiotherapy chemotherapy hormone treatment um, and I was on another drug for about a year and then I came out of that was in remission um, and a year later was I developed a pain in my right shoulder and I just assumed I'd injured it at the gym I was getting my life back on track I was trying to you know fit in all the weddings that I, I'd got booked in for wedding hair and um, I went and saw a physio because I, I convinced myself it was an injury and it wasn't until a few months later it was getting worse and worse and worse that I actually asked to get a scan because I thought I'd maybe um, torn a muscle or something 
and nothing showed up on the scan for the muscular or ligament area. So they sent me for emergency CT. And I was unfortunately um, diagnosed with stage four, which is incurable. Um, it spread to my bones. And from that moment on, I had to give up that, like my whole life was changed. Hairdressing couldn't happen anymore because I had to have a full shoulder reconstruction. Um, so as I say, my career was taken away from me. My fertility was taken away from me at that point. I was back in chemotherapy, um, lost my hair again for the second time and have had to kind of live with, um, you know, learning to live with a, a terminal diagnosis. I am four years down the line from that point. I actually, it's four years exactly today that wow. um, I was re-diagnosed. So today's quite a poignant day to be doing this as well. Yeah. Um, wow. And so when GHD and, and Breast Cancer now contacted me and asked if I would get involved with this new campaign they wanted to do, I firstly absolutely jumped at the chance because for me, GHD was a company I've always worked with. I've always used their straighteners and their products. And so that was amazing opportunity. But also, as you said, like it's so important to get the message across and raise this awareness about the charity too. So it, it was kind of using two of my passions, talking about breast cancer and my hairdressing and getting involved. And I absolutely loved it. It was such, as Zoe said, like it was such an emotional day. And I think everybody felt that in the room and we all just bonded so quickly because of the situation wow. and meeting other girls from all around the world that have a similar experience was just incredible. Amazing. Well, first of all, massive congratulations on your milestone today. <laughs> um, I think, you know, nobody listening to this could fail to be very touched by your story and obviously incredibly resilient and brave. So that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. I really appreciate it. So tell us what it was that you girls came together to do. So you created a photo shoot, a day of filming. Zoe, how did it play out? What was the the story? This is the focus. It was to have, um, this year, it was to have women from traveling from all over the world. So um, people came together from all over the world and, uh, it was really to to celebrate, you know, kind of how they wanted to look. Like a lot of it was giving hair tips on perhaps if their hair was a little bit shorter. A lot of time when your hair grows back after chemo, it may grow back with like a frizziness or a fluffiness. And so it wasn't just styling the hair for the campaign. It was also very much spending time with people and, um, you know, playing with different hair looks. And it felt very, very lovely, actually. Um, it, the styling appointments definitely took longer than we would normally because we were just talking and with everybody and hearing their stories. And, um, you know, there was a lot of yeah. tears and there was also a lot of smiles. And, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty magical. So, Laura, how... how it that, that must be quite, I would imagine it's quite an important part as any experiences to feel that you're not on your own, that other people have shared something. Is that still something that you find very helpful to, to be with people who perhaps have had some similar kinds of, of journeys? Definitely. I feel that um, this, is weird, this is weird kind of like friendship that you can form very, very quickly over yeah. a situation. And so within minutes, we were all, you know, we just felt like one big family and that's what's so incredible when you meet people that have also gone through the same thing as you it's that you're sort of on this really deep level of understanding um i struggled in the early days when i first got diagnosed because it was difficult to find people of my age with a diagnosis yeah. and i think social media has brought that 
into light a huge amount more and having like opportunities I do a lot on Instagram and share my yeah, story. Yeah I was looking at your Instagram account just before we were on um on yeah. air and it's so <laughs> inspirational you're so open and thank you it's, I... it's really refreshing to see. I find um, it really helpful for me. It's really therapeutic. Yeah, is it? Is it yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to say. Is it therapeutic? Yeah, and great. by actually connecting with others online, yeah. I feel, you know, there's people online I speak to that I've never met in person. Mm. And yet I feel that I can talk to them more than I talk to some of my closest friends because you have this understanding level and it's really important when you're going through something that you don't feel alone. So I think by JHD doing that, bringing us girls all together and, you know, we're still in touch today. We have a little WhatsApp group and we're talking all the time. Oh, that's brilliant. And that's you know it's such an amazing little bond and we like checking on each other but the day was full of I mean we had definitely there was tears but happiness tears and I think if anyone walked into that room no one would have guessed that we were all dealing with cancer because yeah. you, it was just it was just a lovely day yeah. yeah I think sometimes as well do you think it's easier to talk to like people that have been through the same experience or even strangers than it is to talk to your nearest and dearest because if, they're, if you're going through something they're going through it as well and yeah just as much as you are absolutely it's that you have this level of understanding meaning that like your friend you know your friends you can talk to about cancer yeah to a point and things like side effects mm. but only those that have actually gone through the hair loss the fatigue the sickness the tired you know any any of those symptoms unless you've been through it it's like motherhood isn't it if you've had children yeah you can't you can't talk about childbirth unless you've had children <laughs> children yeah yeah I guess a lot of our audience would be thinking now as well, you know, people come and talk to their hairdressers about this. What advice would you give to hairdressers kind of dealing with these com difficult conversations that people might find difficult to have with, you know, people have just been diagnosed or, you know, suffering with cancer? From point of view of, because obviously I've done the hairdressing part and I've been that person yeah, I mean, that's, that's the other end of the chair and actually yeah. people do spill their life to you. And so it... it yeah, exactly. It would, and you're a stranger sometimes, yeah. aren't you? So like we were saying, you're it's like easier a cancellor, aren't you? You're gonna yeah. open up. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would probably just say be as open as you can and, and go off the client. If the client feels they want to talk about it, um, you know, ask them about things. Try to kind of listen and understand because it is one of those jobs that people will fill their hearts out to you. They might get upset. They might laugh about it. They might crack a joke, but you'll yeah. only know really based on the person they might not want to talk about it at all and I think it's really hard because you're yeah. likely as a hairdresser to either see them prior to their diagnosis or very early on in their diagnosis if they're having chemotherapy you won't probably see them for several months so it's about engaging with maybe conversations of have you found a wig do you know where to go for wigs do you want me to style it if you have mm -hmm. one like all these kind of conversations to try and make them feel more comfortable about maybe coming in um because I think it's yeah it, it it's quite nerve-wracking I remember I was working obviously in a salon at the time with with another girl and I said to her when I knew I was going to lose my hair I said can I just come in once my hair starts falling out and get it shaved off and have like a bit of a party and she's like yeah fine come in bring yeah. your friends bring a bottle of fizz and she opened up the salon in the evening for me and I think again that's something that I then did to a couple of girls I met when I was still hairdressing I said come in when you're feeling comfortable because I wanted to make it an experience rather than it than sitting on their bathroom floor you know making it a really up upset um moment they can come in and actually make mm. it a thing and and you know try and embrace it a little bit with a little bit of help yeah. and like and, and you know take control of the situation i guess in, yeah and as much as that's exactly can. it with yeah. the message of the take control now that is that is exactly yeah yeah it. so zoe for your campaign now what what would you like hairdressers specifically to go with from from the the, the current take control campaign what can they do so we've 
touched there with Laura and Lauren chatting about how a hairdresser can personally support somebody who might be feeling but as a sort of business as a salon as a team what 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 do we hope people will take from from the the campaign this month I think the the main thing is the message um obviously first of all you know working with your own business and the and your own team you know really encouraging people for it to be sort of an open conversation about checking your your own breasts you know and having an awareness on on how to do that I think when you do work with a team you know these kind of, kind of conversations are really important I think what's very important as a hairdresser is to learn as much as possible about how to give advice to hair when I, I think that there's lots of subjects within hair that hairdressers don't learn enough about and treating hair after chemo when um, it's very brittle when perhaps it needs more strength you know I think how I would deal with it you know say with my own team um, working in a salon is to really do an evening on that you know in, in the same way that Laura's saying I think that you do become very close to your clients I mean I know that I speak to a lot of my clients about the hair loss issues and you know being that person that can help style a wig that can take you from that time of your hair being super short to you know to growing longer I think that that's really important as well and and I'd love you know for GHG to be a big part of that you know like that's what we're trying to raise is is kind of empowering people with knowledge I know we we definitely have it with our educators and things like that on how to how to very softly style the hair for example things like taking down the heat um, you know perhaps styling some of the hair with cold which works extremely well like fixing curls in I think having that you know that kind of education that you can give to your clients is really important but I would definitely have an evening talking to my team you know yeah. on that subject yeah. but also on their own personal health and yeah. to talk yeah. to women more about you know checking themselves I was just going to say that, actually, yeah. I think as a hairdresser, you see women 99% of the time. And actually, if you can spread that message yeah. of have you checked your boobs this month? Are you, you know, do you know how to check? And having, you know, maybe these uh, self-checking cards in salons and, and you know, because it's a great opportunity, isn't it, to be able to actually say to your clients, mm. you know, we're going to we're going to just ask people every now and then. And it just encourages that that um, that conversation yeah. more. And I think having a couple of, um, you know, just really hammer home a couple of the statistics, you know, I was very struck this morning when I was just um, preparing to have this conversation, you know, that breast cancer now says that one in four breast cancers can be prevented. So that's massive. You know, if you can, if you can reduce the risk of something by 25%, surely you're going to do it. So even by just having a, a bit of understanding, um, and it was saying that one in eight women, the NHS actually say this, um, one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer at some point during their lifetime. So Which is huge. I mean, it's, you know, the stats are massive. 120,000 women under the age of 35 are diagnosed with breast cancer. The big message this year is to, to realise that 
you know, if you are, you know, younger in that bracket, 18 to 35, perhaps you don't think of checking your breasts because you think... Yeah, I never knew to check mine before. And, you know, I got it at 25 and people say to me all the time, but I'm too young. And it's like, no one's too young once you've got breasts. No, you're not invincible, are you? No, and I think it's so important that we as people know that, but also the medical teams don't discard you because of your age. And by having that knowledge of your own body and checking regularly, you know what's normal for you. And if it's not normal, you get it checked out and you go, and see your doctor and you push to get referred and sharing the message with with the men as well because apart from the fact that breast cancer can affect men um but also men are around women a lot of the time whether it's a sister a mother a friend a girlfriend a wife you know to support the women in their lives with some understanding and also being able to perhaps sometimes you know help identify any changes as well so I think it's important that we don't make this just a women conversation you know men supporting women is really important as well as the fact that breast cancer and men should be checking every month as well yeah because they still you know yeah could get it absolutely so what is is there what's do either of you have something that you just think ah if I could just get this one bit through what do you find yourself most often saying come on get this fact or this aspect of it is there something that you find yourself continually coming back to I think for me it is um, I do talk a lot about the statistics it is the big thing is is how many women it affects and the fact that it needs to be much more of a conversation um, I think be- honestly before I was involved in these campaigns I wasn't aware of how many people it affects and so you know what with what Laura's saying really is to check you know I, I talk to my friends about it a lot as well and I think that is for me the big thing unless you really listen to these conversations and and have a look at the facts you just don't know that I mean it's it's quite and like you're saying like if you're able to I've had so many friends and my family affected by breast cancer and if you are able to find something very early on it can make a huge difference so I think the facts every year startle me so I guess it is down to 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 that amount but then also it's also about the wider conversation of really helping women with their hair because when one of the big things is you're going through something where you're you know you may have to have a mastectomy obviously you're having chemo but the physical side of it the fact that you lose your hair is absolutely devastating to your confidence and I think as hairdressers anything that we can do along that way to help is so important like massively important so that message of learning more about wigs about learning more about head massage you know to stimulate and calm all of those things are massive messages sorry I've given you three things (laughs) what can people expect Laura from when they start losing their hair how does it change you know when it's growing back how does it so the drugs I was on uh, I lost my hair very quickly I think within about 13 days of having my first cycle of chemo my hair started falling out and actually just totally bald with yeah no hair. I mean within within a couple of so I started by like you put your hand in and it would kind of come yeah. out in clumps and then once I'd shaved it off which was a couple of days later um within about 24 48 hours all the shards so I had a kind of a bit of a gray hairline mm-hmm 
on my hair and then within as i say 48 hours all the shards had gone and i was i was squeaky clean you know bald um but the one thing that i think really surprised me is firstly how cold it is without hair yeah, because you're not used to having no hair yeah. it's actually you lose a huge amount of heat from it so i had to wear hats and scarves a lot even indoors or in bed but the second thing is it's actually quite painful oh, okay. and i think you you don't realize actually that um the, the hair follicles are almost kind of pulling out of the hair so it's actually a painful experience um so they're sort of i suppose the two parts before you lose it um i was very fortunate that actually i didn't mind my bald head mm -hmm. um i actually went without wigs quite a bit but having a good wig really does make a huge difference and so knowing where to go for those wigs knowing where like how to style a wig properly because you know unless you've ever worn wigs before you wouldn't no. know how to do that and then as it comes back, you go through so many stages, you know, you've got the really short because it's not because it's growing everywhere at the same rate, you end up quite mulleted at some point. So it's about knowing that and about maybe your hairdresser being able to say to you, well, perhaps we'll just take the back off so we can let the layers grow down. And and it, it's it comes back quite different texture. Mine, mine actually came back the first time quite wavy. Um, and I didn't really know how to, to deal with yeah. it because this is more how my hair hair is naturally. So it, it's about kind of learning what you can and can't do with your hair, because it's going to be completely different to how it was before. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're maybe in your younger ages, most, you know, not all, but most younger people tend to have longer hair when, you know, in their maybe 20s. Yeah. And so that is a huge transition. Whereas perhaps when you're older and you've already got maybe a short crop, it doesn't take as long to get back to that style. So it's about being realistic, the expectations of colouring and, and styles. Yeah, when, that you should might you, when can you recolour? I don't know, maybe Zoe, you'd be able to... Let's, you know when how long would you have to wait till you can start coloring again or i think it's i do think it's really important to uh, to wait a little while and, and also really work on the texture so when you're coloring hair as laura would, would know from being a hairdresser it's like you're coloring the um, quality of that hair yeah. so really you know one of the things we do is do treatment so you know i I think for everyone it's different. I find some people can, I've had some clients that would actually want their cropped hair to look more dramatic. So want it really lightened. You know, I've had lots of clients that have dyed their crops pink and, you know. Uh, and Have a bit of fun with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and had some fun with it because also it can sometimes surprise people that actually it really suits them to have shorter hair. So they want to kind of have fun with that. So I have some people that, are very nervous about doing anything with chemical you know anything at all on their hair and so they may leave it like a year and have lots of treatments and then I have other women that want to get it you know quite strong quickly but I don't think you can actually say because I think hair is so personal yeah. to it's a to very everyone. personal preference isn't and, it and, and yeah. even with how it is you know like Laura's saying like I have a super amount of clients that come back with their hair very very frizzy and very tightly curled so they're more concerned on how to make it lay um yeah, yeah. than they are perhaps the color but I mean the, the thing color. that I see the most of is a real brittleness to the hair like a coarseness to the hair and so working on hydration uh, and also teaching people head massage is massively important. Like, you know, if mm -hmm. you can massage your scalp, it's you're stretching the cells within the follicles and you're also, the blood is, is going to that area. So what you're trying to do is the hair that is coming out, you want to encourage that in every way to be as strong as possible. And so that's where hairdressers can 
give a lot of guidance you know there's yeah. so many yeah. things yeah. that are and when you're going through treatment is um so you is there anything that will generally help um to slow down the falling of hair you know maybe using a softer brush or not brushing your hair or is that actually just beyond your control you can't really do anything about that it's going to go or not help and i've known people that have had it and some people it's worked for some people it hasn't but actually if you let it go and you're on the drug i was on um it will go like it, there isn't a way of slowing it down really you might be able to not brush it or wash it for a few weeks but as i say that that period of time mm. is quite painful so actually for me i wouldn't have wanted to have that keep falling out i want to just get rid because it was a not very pleasant experience um the one thing i just add to what zoe was saying as well is as a hairdresser i think it's about being really mindful about what your client is going through and about what their um thoughts and wishes are because if someone you know i used to have really long hair and if some like when people say to me oh but short really suits you it's not always helpful to say that if that person is like desperate yeah. to get their hair long again sometimes it's about knowing when to say oh yeah but we should go short because it looks amazing because that person might be feeling actually yeah. i really hate it and it's not it's um, not our choice so it's just, is it it's no and i've always said that to people like i had a lot of people say to me oh i loved your hair short and actually to be that i didn't yeah. mind it short but for me it wasn't a choice i want to get it back to a length that i then if i cut it off again in future mm -hmm. that's a choice if i want to go short that's a choice cancer never gave me that choice i had to go short because of that so like i say it's having those conversations with the client but being very mindful about what they are, yeah. are thinking and actually going with what they're thinking yeah. rather than trying to and are there other pointers that you can give us and i'm very conscious that i've used terminology uh, um during this conversation are there other pointers that you can give us about how to refer to people is it okay to call somebody to, to say that somebody's suffering from cancer or is that something that you don't like to hear or is it you know and the and the idea of a cancer survivor again is that am i right to use those or is it actually would it be a bit more tactful or comfortable to use other language i think again it's very very uh, client preference like you will know how your client is feeling but using so, so we had this conversation actually the other day um which is really interesting about the use of language and cancer and things like brave and strong and what, like a battle and you're dealing with this and you're going to get, you know, you're going to do it because you're really strong. And it, it, it's not always helpful. I think it's more about saying, do you know what, we'll work through this together. You tell me how you're feeling. We hope we're going to, um, you know, improve the way you feel by maybe making your hair nicer, that kind of thing, rather than using, um, say, terminology that might, it's not it's not yeah. really helpful using those kind of words survivor i think you know if someone has has finished all their treatment and they're doing really well then there's no harm in saying that but it's just again being really careful about knowing if they're definitely through treatment and how long they've been out of it because you know i was only in remission for about a year so i felt at that point i had mm. beaten cancer so i did kind of say i've survived it but you know a year later i was then re-diagnosed with secondary so you just don't know yeah. what's going on and, you know, I think most people you'd see regularly, like every maybe six or eight weeks, but some people you might not see for several months. So again, maybe check in on them and see if they're doing okay, but let them kind of come to you with, with how they're feeling. Um, and you'll know, because I think as hairdressers, we've always, we've got a very good inclination about clients. They'll talk to you about their relationship problems, but you don't press it. You'll just go yeah. with the conversation. I think it's exactly the same with cancer. If they want to talk about it, they will. If they don't, then just treat them like a normal client and yeah, how you wish. Brilliant. Thank you for that. <laughs> I think it is, I mean, again, maybe that's another reason why sometimes we're a little bit coy about talking about things like cancer and, and sort of um, 
promoting ideas of checking yourself and, and so on because there's this, this sort of I don't know if it's a British thing about you know oh let's you know we don't want to get it wrong so we won't talk about it at all whereas but saying that actually you know, if you ignore it sometimes that's even worse I'd rather say something yeah. and then be slightly wrong and but trying than actually because otherwise you sometimes feel uncomfortable about talking it because you might not want to upset that other person so it's a, it, yeah, yeah I think that's right I think we have to it's a thin it's a hard line to find it is isn't it? but you definitely yeah. by by initiating a conversation around it you're not doing anything wrong it's just working with your client about how they want to proceed with that conversation Um, and you'll know that yeah sometimes that visit to the hairdresser perhaps that's their you know the thing in the week that's really an uplift and so you don't actually want to hear everything maybe you should be doing you know like you don't want the hairdresser to say oh this is how you straighten and this is what you do but I think leaving that open that can someone come back one thing that's really been great with me is I've said if you need anything at all just contact me and I can give you more advice I can show you some things maybe we don't want it to be about that today let's trim and have a look at your hair but get back in touch with me and it's amazing how many people have perhaps a month later when they're you know they're feeling it so I think keeping Mm. that conversation open is really important and I think if you're close to your client keeping that you know if you know they're going through chemotherapy or maybe you're not going to see them for a year keeping that connection send a text every now and then and drop Mm. in and just say you know I'm thinking of you it doesn't have to be anything big but just you know when you're ready come back if you want to and that's so important as well just keeping that because sometimes you get friends you know really good friendships with your clients you've seen them for years so it's no harm in keeping that that connection even while they're maybe not visiting you brilliant thank you so much (laughs) I think we have actually probably yeah we don't we've had our chat (laughs) Um, so we will have to sort of rein it in there but obviously we've got lots of information on our sites um, people can we will pop up your Instagram feeds you ladies yeah. as well Thank and you. so that people can can follow your stories get some more advice and follow the campaign and certainly you know there's a whole lot more of October to go and the rest of the year so let's really work on this together yeah absolutely great well thank Thanks. you so much for having us on no thank problem. you thanks ladies thank you Bye. so much <laughs> wow that was a really interesting conversation what did you think Lauren? yeah it was quite emotional wasn't it <laughs> yeah it, but is. it was really and helpful think... to hear some other points i mean especially through awkward conversations because i myself feel you know awkward in certain situations and you think you, you want to know what's going to offend someone you don't want to say the wrong thing do you so it's some really good advice and really good tips yeah I think so and uh, we were able to see Laura and Zoe on screen as we were chatting and I mean they both just look so amazing Laura just looks very very (laughs) groomed and very together and I think that that's that's the remarkable thing about this particular campaign is that if there is a way to be positive about breast cancer now then it seems to be it is very dynamic it's it's scary but it's not scary and i think it's very relatable so i would urge everybody listening to this to go online and see the film that was made for the take control now campaign featuring laura and 10 other amazing young women and to then share it as much as possible and no (laughs) yeah so don't forget as promised we will put lots of show notes including the instagram handles and the contact details for these girls that we've just spoken with and don't forget to rate and review us as a podcast it helps to push us up the 
charts. You can download and listen to many other episodes covering lots of aspects of being a hairdresser in the UK in this day and age. Just look out for the Respectfully title and our microphone logo. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.